Thursdays. Every Thursday. We're here. Yo, welcome to another edition of We Love Wednesdays every Thursday, even though it's Friday, but it'll never be Tuesday. So what's up, Roberto? What's going on? Yo, Tuesdays are just the worst. Yeah, Tuesdays suck. Tuesdays suck, Mondays suck. I like Saturday and Sunday, though, but I don't love them. Saturday and Sunday are good. Tuesday's the worst because you're anticipating the comic books that are coming out the next day. Right, because you want them so bad. I want them in my mitts. <laughs> and I got them. I got lots of them. What did you get? Uh, man, this week, this week I was working on uh, Jessica Jones was the big one for me this week. Um, I also dipped into some Batman, some Spider-Man, and some Iron Man. How about you? Yeah, I, I kept it light because I had, you know, my... Uh... My nine to five, which is basically why we're doing this on Friday. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'd apologize if I thought that, uh, you know, making money and uh, paying bills warranted an apology. So, you know, if, if you're mad that I'm a day late, fuck it. <laughs> what's the, uh, what's, what stood out to you? Uh, for me, I got uh, I got the Magic Order number two because I really liked the Magic Order number one. Uh, so I was intrigued by the story and and uh, I got that. I I liked it a lot. Um, let's see what else did I do? I, I so Comicsology is the uh, digital um, comics platform uh, where you can order and and download all of your comic books. Um, you can subscribe. You can do all that, and they have like this. Uh, this cool comic book reader where it kind of like guides you through the comic uh, panel by panel. Um, and they started publishing books now, um, which was interesting to me. So I grabbed one of their, uh, one of their first titles, uh, Grave Danger. Um, and I, I read that and I, I'll talk about that in a bit. Um, and then there was another one that I read and I'm trying, Oh yeah. The Jessica Jones that you told me about, I didn't even know. I didn't even know that happened. Yeah, because it's a, was it a digital only? Yeah, digital only. Marvel Digital. Hmm, why do you think they did that? I don't know. It's like, it's weird. It's almost like, uh, I don't know. It's like, to me, digital is kind of where you send your babies to, to die. I found it an interesting choice. I think maybe, maybe they thought, you know, it was a Bendis creation. We're going to give it a shot, but we're not going to invest too much in it. Or... Um, or maybe, and and this is a this is I'm reaching here. This is a reach, but maybe they to steer readers towards digital, and and they wanted to they wanted a little bit more of an audience at the digital marketplace. So they put a high profile character like Jessica Jones. And I'm, am I reaching by saying she's high profile? I think so. <laughs> because I think so. she wasn't a thing, you know, a decade ago. Um, and so the comic book uh, traditionalists, you know, hardly even know her. She's a definitely a new generation character. Let's let's start with this one. Let's start with let's start with Jessica Jones. Yeah, yeah. So those are the, those are the three books that I read. Jessica Jones was the uh, the first one. So let's just start with that, and then we can kind of go back and forth. You can 
uh, we'll do this one and then you can talk about your next one and I'll talk about magic order and whatnot and and we'll cap it off with uh grave danger so middle of the week I recommended Jessica Jones to you because uh that's a character that we both share and we both you know have been fascinated by Brian Michael Bendis did a great job in her creation and it's always great to see something new because for our whole lifetimes it's the same old superheroes that get traction over and over again right so he broke ground with Jessica Jones uh, who's in a mixed race family and uh, she's a she's a washed up superhero who's now trying to you know not be a superhero and just trying to be a PI and she's you know she he's established her character so so without even getting into like who Jessica Jones is like if you don't know watch the Netflix show um, this this they gave the right they gave the writing ability to uh, they gave the writing nod to to a woman which was cool and I feel like they're trying wish- to do that. I wish Luke Cage would talk like that in in his Netflix show, like 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 Roadblock and shit. <laughs> what do you tell me? Go on, tell me more. Like if you don't know, watch the Netflix show. Like <laughs> like, like just just fucking rhyme everything. You know what I mean? You know what I found interesting about that statement just now is yeah, that's kind of that's kind of how I was talking about it, but in the book. That was the only thing that was odd to me. And it's not fair. It's not, this isn't even a fair criticism, but in the book, like I found it so like the black dude, he's walking through the park with Jessica Jones and he's like, Oh, basketball. I need in on this. And he, <laughs> he just goes and inserts himself. And I was like, is, I, I had to think to myself, is that a racial stereotype or maybe his character just really does like basketball. <laughs> like there's a reason it's a stereotype in the first place. So maybe, I don't know. You know, you know, for that scene, I literally took it differently, man. I took it as uh, him being, it was the kids. You know what I mean? He's like watching the kids and like, yeah, he's a basketball fan and, and he's watching this game, but he's watching these kids and he sees a learning opportunity for them. And he's just, he can't stop himself. He needs to like, he needs to help them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, and, and give them, and give them a win. I famously so, turn everything into a racial, you know, into a racial scenario, but, oh, I know. But, <laughs> helped the book helped by not only it being a stereotype but there were two white kids that he's going to teach how to play basketball right like yeah uh, so 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 the book didn't actually calm my nerves on that one but everything but the so so and that could just be his cat maybe luke Cage just wanted to go play basketball i'm not mad at that but the rest of everything was so good i was surprised right because you're going from my favorite writer right now to somebody who i don't know who she is and she did such a great job. What's what, did you read what? her? Did you read her uh, her afterward? Um, Tell me about it. Like like the little letters page thing, not letters page, but like her her little letter to Bendis, basically. No, damn it! I'm gonna have to go back. Yeah, go back. Uh, she she writes a uh, she writes something to us about why she's writing the book, but it, like she's talk she talks directly to the reader, but she also talks to Bendis and and. Uh, Michael Gatos, the creators of Jessica Jones. Um, and it's interesting because Bendis selected her. Oh, he picked her. Yes. Yes. So we don't know her uh, for whatever reason. Like, I mean, like now I feel like I need to go and find her old books. Right. Um, because apparently Bendis was a fan. And he reached out to her, like in her letters in her letter she says that uh you know bendis reached out to her through i think uh maybe a twitter dm and was basically like hey 
call me now <laughs> or, or we need to talk now. And like, she was just like, okay, yeah, definitely. Like, I'm not going to pass this opportunity up. Any and, the show or fans of comic books have to fantasize about that moment, right? That moment right. where your favorite writer hits you up on Twitter. Like, Hey, you know what? I got something for you. Right. 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 And, and, and I guess like, I guess he's read her stuff and like felt like she was the best fit and offered her the book and she jumped on it. Um, And you know what? Like, I don't know, like maybe this is why Marvel put it on digital first because like, you know, Kelly Thompson, like who is that? Right. Um, I I don't know if they've, maybe they haven't read her stuff and maybe they were like, okay, well we'll take a flyer on her Brian Michael Bendis because you said so but we're going digital. I don't like the digital thing really blows my mind. It's like, this is, this was, did the editor, like the editor, they read this obviously before they put it out. And like, this was, it was just a, to me, it was on par or better. It might've even been better. Like, cause it just had this fresh take on it. Um, which is weird to me. Like I, I absolutely thoroughly enjoyed this book. So, so that's Kelly Thompson, but tell me about, uh, Mattia Del De, I don't even know the, the artist and I don't know names and he's this- a rising star artist. I don't know what he's done in the past, but he is somebody who is not, it's kind of like getting, uh, Brandon Routh to play Superman. You know what I mean? Like it, I thought, was, I, I thought he was an excellent choice. It was, yeah, it works. It works. So this, this is, this is. I don't know about you, but this is my book of the week. Like I, I definitely think this was an amazing read, and the visuals were great too. Yeah, it, it everything was perfect, and I mean, like Jessica Jones, I think, is a a character that has always had a certain look, and. I think this is kind of like a new like fusion of her certain look with her 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 television look. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a it, but it but it works. Like it didn't like it wasn't jarring to me. Um so so here's what like we so we mentioned that they were dope. The writing was dope, the artist was dope. Uh but here's what really kind of did it for me. She she brought in something quasi new something semi new new to jessica jones but not new as a as a device as a storytelling device um it's most famously used in sherlock right they the artists use these polaroids while kelly thompson uh used that as a device to to capture how jessica jones sees a situation and it was very much like sherlock when somebody comes in and talks to sherlock and then we, you know, the whole story pauses. I'm talking about the Cumberbatch Sherlock. The whole story pauses while we see Sherlock assess their collar under their nails and all this other stuff. Uh, Jessica Jones sees the world that way and explains that it's hard not to as a PI. And it's really, it's it's a really great tool for the reader to get inside her head and see what she's seeing. Um, and, and I love that. I love the storytelling. I love every bit of thought that they put into it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree with that. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you didn't bring it up, I was gonna, um, that, that was, that was a very cool thing to add. Um, and this is what I'm saying. Like, I think this might even be better, um, in a sense, like, I mean, there's nothing, I mean, there it's apples and oranges, but it's still the same character and it, and it's well done. You know what I mean? Like it, like Bendis is a completely different animal and brings a completely different flavor to the book, but this feels like, 
it just feels natural. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it, again, though, you're right. It doesn't feel the same, right? Like they both, it, it's apples and oranges and they're both perfect as is. And what Bendis had, Bendis's book felt a little more gritty to me. And it felt like I could hear the jazz from the noir film playing in the background of the Jessica Jones right. story before. And, and this doesn't have that pulp feeling. It has a completely different, it's its own take on it. You know what I mean? Um, right. This has this has that Sherlock feeling, like you said, like this feels like this feels like she's investigating like every like everything, you know, including like a conversation with Luke. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bendis Bendis did good. He put it in the in the best possible hands. It seems like I can't imagine it having gone any better than it did. Right. But so reading that all the way through and saying and saying to yourself, man, where the hell did she come from? And then at the end, finding out that Bendis selected her, it just all makes sense now, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like it's like okay, well, because I, I don't think Marvel, uh, and you know, no, listen, I'm a Marvel head. I love Marvel comics, but I don't think, I don't have faith that Marvel could have said, you know, who was going to follow Bendis and actually do something, uh, you know, as wonderful or better uh, than what Bendis selected. No way, no yeah. possible way. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, so, so yeah, bravo. I think they have a hit on their hands, and I'm really mad that you can't buy a physical copy because I would have bought that shit. Like, yeah, yeah, and I'm and I'm wondering why. So I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping maybe uh, maybe Kelly Thompson will reach out to us and 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 hit us up on Twitter and be like, here's why. Uh, you know, so you know, I'm gonna ask her. I'm gonna send a. I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send a tweet out to her. I don't know if she's gonna respond, but if she does. Uh, you know, next week we'll have an answer for everybody. Ah, super nice. And that way we can, yeah, we can we can sort this out for our audience. Uh, what else you got? Well, one thing, uh, just one more thing on this thing. Uh, the one thing that this did do is definitely solidify me as a customer for West Coast Avengers, which is also written by Kelly Thompson. Yeah. When does that start? Uh that I don't know. I gotta I gotta look that up, but I know it's coming uh soon. I just got the preview book. I actually just saw like the uh the preview pages and it looked good, but I was on the fence because I had never heard of Kelly Thompson. But now that I have read her work, um uh, I'm I'm all on board. Absolutely. All right, we're gonna have to check this out. But uh we'll get to the magic order last, I guess, because I want to talk about this uh this Grave Danger uh, book. It's a, it's a digital book. Uh, much so, so you got to get it through Comicsology. It's a, uh, it's Comicsology only, uh, original title, uh, written by Tim Seeley, uh, who if you don't know who that is, he he writes Hack Slash, and um, he's also the writer, like the creator of. Um, a book called Revival. I I told you about Revival. I don't know if you ever got into it. Yeah, I checked uh, it out. I checked it out at first. I think I don't think I completed it. Yeah, I I, I never finished it, but I start I started that book and I read like I think I got through like issue thirty or something like that. Uh, I read a lot of it. It and that book is really good. I mean, I love Revival. I think it's got a lot of really good. Uh, good things to it so tim seeley is somebody who i trust so i picked this book up and i'm not impressed no no it didn't work for you 
No, it, and it's I I'm th- I think I got to give it another shot, like you know, like issue two, see where he's going with it. But it was just really, I don't know. To me, it was just all over the place. I mean, I guess the the worst part about this is I couldn't even like tell you like what the concept is um and i should be able to i should be able to tell you what this is about but like i guess technically there's a there's this like agency i suppose that is protecting the world from something i guess (laughs) and and uh this girl is an agent of this agency and she's like a badass fighter with these like two sticks that she can, you know, beat people up with that are like supposed to be special in some way. Utility sticks. Um, and I don't know. Like, I mean, like, she, oh, man. It, you made it sound so boring. She's got these yeah. utility sticks. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what she that's what she named them. She says utility sticks in the comic. These are my utility sticks. And oh, so they like, made it sound boring. Yes. I'm not making this. I'm not making this up. Um, and I and I don't profess to be better than Tim Seeley, but I mean, you know me. I don't. I I mean, like, I may not be Brian Michael Bendis, but I'm. I, I don't make up boring shit. My shit's usually pretty. Uh, pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's pretty much it. I mean, she beats people up throughout the book. She she takes somebody's shoes uh, because her shoes got like blood on them or something and yeah so she's a a shoe thief utility stick wielding vigilante from a world spy agency yo i couldn't have said it better myself (laughs) no no. that's terrible (laughs) yeah um i mean like look draw your own opinion check it out yep um i never I never want to force my opinion on anybody else. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you can point out some things that I missed. Um, I did read that at like one thirty in the morning. So, can I um can I tell you something that that might sound terrible that was actually a really good read? What's that? Uh, Jury duty. This Wait. week in Batman that- Fifty One, Bruce oh. <laughs> Bruce Wayne Bruce Wayne was on jury duty, and. Pretty much the whole issue was about jury duty. And Tom King is a master of his craft because he wrote jury. Du- and and again, I want to remind people, I know this is a relatively new show. I want to remind people I'm a Marvel guy who's very critical of Batman and all of DC, right? Like I'm very critical of, of DC more than Marvel. Like I do have a preference. Um, and I didn't used to enjoy Batman books. And here I am enjoying a Batman book about Batman on jury duty. Um, and that just, again, it goes to show the writer, like he knows what he's doing. He knows where he's going. He knows how to tell a story. Um, did you get to read this this week? No, I haven't read it yet. So Batman's on jury duty. And, uh, and I'll be honest, uh, utility sticks, crime fighting from a world organization and stealing shoes, uh, sounds more interesting than Batman on jury duty. But, uh, I was about to just say that, (laughs) but but I was about to say, yeah, give me. Give me grave danger <laughs> over, over like the dreaded. Uh, and it almost seems like one of those challenges, right? It almost seems like, like, yo, yo, you dare me to write a story with Batman's on jury duty. 
<laughs> have you been have you been on jury duty <laughs> no i have avoided i, I don't want to talk about it too this hard. is how boring jury duty is right like you it's a chance to get out of work <laughs> and when i go to jury duty i just you wish that you were at work i no, i've i've I haven't, I still haven't gone because like when I go to jury duty, like when they're picking jurors, I always say something fucking dumb to, to <laughs> so that they're just like, you need to go. And I'm just like, cool. I'm going back to work because I'd rather like be at work. black people. <laughs> <laughs> just say anything Kanye would say and not yeah. get for jury duty. Bippity bop. Yeah, exactly. yep, and then you're out. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so I guess, so Tom King makes it, makes it work, huh? Yeah, it was dope. I'm not surprised. It was dope. Yeah, it was, it was well-written. And that's kind of, that's kind of my theme for the week. So I have like one more book I want to talk about, uh, whenever you prompt me and, and my theme for the week is writing, right? Like we've got a new writer taking over for a fantastic, like one of my favorite contemporary, my favorite contemporary writer in Jessica Jones and, she did the impossible task of making it, adding to it and making it just as good. And you pointed out maybe even better. And we've got this dude writing Batman on Jerry duty and it was still a fascinating read. Um, so, so my theme for the week is writing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or not um, for me. With Or not. If, if, if I would continue, can it, should I continue with my last book since I've teased it? Yeah, you might as well. Um, I don't want to say it's the worst book in the world. Hold on. Uh, Tony Stark Iron Man is uh, Tony Stark Iron Man. The jury was out last time because I had a lot of questions. Uh, I had a lot of questions about it. Uh, like, for example, uh, the book is called Tony Stark Iron Man. Is that ironic? Did they mean for it to be ironic? Because this is the most team centered book Iron Man's ever been on, including the Avengers. Right. Like, so. So I don't I don't understand if they're trying to be ironic and it's a play on words or something like that. But um, but this book is this. I have a lot of problems with this book. Um, did you get a chance to read this one? No. So the only I only read the three books that I mentioned so far. Um, so here's here's where they here's where they went wrong. Uh, here's here's uh, let me I want to limit it to a to just a couple of the places, a couple of the many places that they went wrong. Um and and I'll comically start with this dude added a rock climbing gym for no reason in the middle of his uh, Stark Industries. Uh, and he starts climbing it with no harness and he brings Rhodey up there. And it seems like he's trying to get Rhodey out of his shell a little bit more. And he like and and Tony Stark dives and then Rhodey has to catch him. You know what I mean? And it's like he puts his life on the line and. And you don't know if Tony Stark made a mistake and he damn near killed himself because he's stupid or if uh, he was testing Rhodey and put his life in Rhodey's hands and hoping that Rhodey would notice that he's falling and catch him and manage to hold his grip on the rock climbing wall. You know, it was just there's no there's no logic. There's nothing that makes sense out of that situation at all other than a carefree um privileged rich guy you know what i mean doing stupid things uh maybe that's what he was going for maybe that's what maybe that's what like if that bravo bravo if that's what he's going for, if that's what he's trying to write in this book that he's this carefree you know privileged idiot um then yo what do you know about tony stark though 
He's a carefree, privileged idiot. There you go. <laughs> I'm, just, uh, I'm just saying. I'm just okay, playing no, devil's advocate I, here. I, I hear you. I hear you. And if that's true, then bravo. But here's here's where it's less like I'd, I'd like to see this one painted out of a corner. Um, what makes what made Stan Lee the legend that he is is he created these characters that we can relate to, right? Like these extraordinary things happening to ordinary people. And we mentioned this a couple of weeks back. I mentioned this a couple of weeks back in, in regards to Peter Parker. And it makes him special. It makes it feel like you can go on a science trip and get bitten by a spider and then amazing things happen to you. But not so much if your parents are these spies, these post Stan Lee things that happened to Spider-Man. Well, then his parents happen to be super spies and all these other people are super around him. And now he has a spy sister um, and all of the, you know what I mean? Like it, now you're less special because now you're destined and that makes it less relative. Um, And, and where I'm going with that is uh, there were some characters, particularly from Spider-Man developing their own characters within the Iron Man universe. Like Mary Jane was just his personal assistant and she was doing, it was dope character development for her. The the only character development for her in years, unless you consider her running a nightclub, you know what I mean? Like in the past two decades, that's the only things, that's the only ways that her character has developed. So um, I thought that was really cool. And I thought she was a really cool addition. So now that you've got this team stuff happening with Iron Man and then you immediately you know, get rid of like Mary Jane, getting rid of Mary Jane is the first thing that you do on your team. The only way it makes sense to me, and I get it in this sense that they wanted to give her back to Spider-Man because now she's a part of the Spider-Man universe again. Um, But I was hoping that she would have some duality or something because she brought a lot to the team. And here's what doesn't bring a lot to the team in her absence, in her absence, you've got these goofball characters, this really weird roadie, um, and you've got Jocasta now as, do you remember Jocasta's role from uh, the last book or the first book, I should say? Yeah. She was, uh, state it for me if you remember. If not, I'll find it. She was the... um, She was like the, uh, whatchamacallit, she was like the the man in the chair. Oh, she was the ethicist. She's No, she's the robot ethicist. So her and they and so it, if it was vague to you, that's OK, because it was vague in the first book. This book explores a lot more about it. So now oh, was she was she L3? She, what, what is that reference? Solo. Oh, <laughs> I'm thinking my PlayStation buttons. Uh, <laughs> no, she's far more. She's far. She's she's way more than that. She is like the HR. She's like she's like um angela and toby from the office combined together right like she's that like stick up her butt hr person from the office who makes sure everything is uh the robots are being treated with sensitivity right okay yep yep and she lives with a a robot husband which is kind of like a new direction that they explored with the vision and his family but that was what that book was about. Like that was the purpose of that book. And here it's this side story with her having some weird ass robot husband. And she's going to work to make sure that Stark industries treats robots fairly. And that's one of those themes that is so big. You can't just have it as a side story in your Iron Man book, right? Like you can have it as the main story in your Iron Man book and explore that. And I think that would be fascinating and interesting but here it's silly and on the side and she like at some point impersonates a human and she's the one who's being without ethics. It just doesn't make any sense. It's they're taking a very serious 
subject that can relate to uh, race or class or a number of the issues where we're seeing clashes in society and they're making a, a horrible cartoon out of it. And it's it's almost offensive. It, it feels like it, it you almost don't want to be offended because of how silly and stupid it is. But it's almost offensive how much they drop the ball on this. You know what I mean? Like, I, I honestly, I was so put off by this book, particularly that, particularly half-stepping with this robot ethicist bullshit. Um, I was unhappy with the book. So if you didn't catch it earlier, worst book ever. Oh, I'm going to read it. Uh, and I'm going to I'm going to get back to you on that. I, I mean, I, I, I can't I just can't not give Dan Slot a chance, man. I'm not like, speaking I mean, for you or the show. I'm speaking for me and saying that that was horrible. Oh, I know. I'm, I, but I'm I'm just saying I can't get I can't not give Dan Slot a chance, man. Like that dude uh, has. has yeah. yeah, he has a track record where like he starts off. I think he always starts off in that that Spider- area like. With Spider-Man starting off slow and then, you know, and then it yeah. turned out to be something pretty dope. Right, right, right. And it, and it's always like, it's always just an opportunity for him to plant seeds. Yeah. Uh, and let them grow. I can't, so, I can't say this enough. I hated it so much. I, I hated it so much. And maybe, maybe the next book will be good. This book was I, not, this, the seed was horrible. It was a bitter fucking seed. Because I'll be honest, I wasn't a fan of, of Mary Jane running a night, a nightclub, you know? Right. Uh, and I wasn't a fan of all the, the other, like some of the other things that, that he started with, but then as it grew, it, it, it turned into so many brilliant little things that he, he was, he was trying to do. So I, I'm, I'm gonna give it a chance. Like I, and I may do the same thing I did with Spider-Man where it's like, I, I'm not reading for a bit until somebody tells me that it's picking up, but, um, I'm sure I'm going to read the next book. I'm sure I'm going to read the next book, but this book, I I really did not enjoy this book, and uh, I'll read it. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't wait to see what you say. Um, but uh, last last on the docket, man, I'm I'm gonna hit you up with uh with the Magic Order two. Um, this book was not as great as the first issue. It was good, and it kept my interest, and and I'm ready for the next book. But the first issue kind of introduced the the world of the Magic Order, and and it was a, I mean, that was a book that just made me, it just made me go, wow, this is awesome, and like it brought me into this world, and I, I met the characters, and uh, kind of got the premise, and I was like, this is really intriguing, but now it hasn't done anything to to make me feel that way again, like it's just now it's kind of evening out and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what a first issue should be. And it, but I just feel like it should have ramped up a little bit, but this just kind of gave me more of the same, like where you have this guy that's going around and killing, you know, members of the magic order and uh, in, in various uh, creative ways, but none of the ways that he, he murdered them were like as creative as in the first issue. Um, And I think that's what kind of let me down. Um, and there's there's just some really cool stuff that they did with the uh, the daughter. Um, I think her name's Cordelia. Um, she she's the escapist, the escapologist. Um, and she actually uh, has some has a cool like backstory that they 
that they reveal. It, it did seem a little bit of a reach to try and make her cool. Um, like definitely just like he was sitting there like, how do I make her a badass? And like, it was like, oh, well, this is how I make her badass. Um, so you'll see that it's like literally the first page uh, when you're reading it. But but yeah, all in all, I mean, good book. I mean, the artwork is impeccable. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to pronounce this as if I'm French. Uh, Olivier Coipel. Uh, I think that's how you say his name. <laughs> that was perfect French. That's <laughs> really good. Thank, thank you. Um, <laughs> I worked on that for a while. The uh, <laughs> he that dude can draw his ass off, man. He's he's great, man. That is that is one of the great artists of of um, the modern comic book era. Um, and for him to be working with Malar, I mean, it's you can't really take it for granted. So. So it's a book that's that's still blowing me away, but kind of petered off from the first issue. Um, so I definitely recommend it. Check it out. And uh, yeah, it's pretty much it. That's all I got. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to we're going to have to check that one out. Um, yeah, man. Uh, any other notes from this week? Titans. Man, man, I couldn't have been more excited for a TV show and more let down by a trailer. <laughs> you didn't like Hobo Starfire? No, nope. Nope, I didn't like anything in that trailer. Uh, Raven was probably the most interesting piece of the trailer, but even that... That's, like, not, not, saying, that's not saying much, right? Because she was still kind of subpar. Like, she was the best part of the trailer, and she was she was subpar. Am I crazy, or did I see Beast Boy? No, you saw Beast Boy. Am I crazy, or did Beast Boy look like a 1990s Roger Corman-style <laughs> movie? Beast Boy looked like a Roger Rabbit character. Yeah. Yeah. And not in a good way, man. Not like, no. like because that could actually be a really good description, right? Like that could be that could be a really cool thing. Uh, yeah, like oh my god, he looks like Roger Rabbit. That's awesome, but yeah, no, he doesn't. He no, no. It's it's it's, it not, looks, it's not awesome. It looks really bad. It looks really bad, and hopefully, hopefully, it's just a really bad trailer. Um, but it looks really bad. All my DC friends were hitting me up talking about how bad it looks. Yeah, like what? I hope. I hope people watch this trailer and agree with us because, you know, like... Are we going to get hate mail? What do you mean? Starfire was I, a sexy bag lady. No, I take it back. I hope people watch this trailer and disagree with us because now I want hate mail. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to I want that. that shit now. Send your hate mail to Cooley. <laughs> Send your hate mail. I want, I want to be hated for hating Titans so I can fuck everybody up. Yep. Yeah. Yo, if you're gonna if you're gonna do Jason Todd, use Jason Todd. Yeah. Why are you using Dick Grayson? But no. you want Jason Todd. Nobody nobody knows that. But honestly, you pointed that out when we first talked about this trailer. You pointed that out, and I was like, man, that was like everything else is so bad. <laughs> you're talking about one flame in the dumpster fire. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Look, uh, I, I'm gonna be honest. If it was Jason Todd, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not saying it's a better. I'm not saying it's a good trailer. There's nothing that you can follow. It's a better trailer. Yeah, there's nothing that you can follow that with. No, I'm, I'm not saying it's a good trailer. I'm saying it's a better trailer if you use Jason Todd. I don't know. Because, I, because smells, that changes the dynamic. Smells less dumpstery. 
Yeah. You yeah. you use Jason Todd, you cut all the other characters out of the trailer. And now it's a good trailer. You just focus on Jason Todd saying, fuck Batman. That's it. Yo, you, you use that one clip. Yo, all right, you know what? You won me over. You're right. <laughs> use that one clip. Because now I'm intrigued, right? Just Jason Todd's close-up face saying, fuck Batman. Now that's, that's a show I want to watch. And then oh. you show me this 1990s Beast Boy and a hobo Starfire and all, like, yeah, yeah. Warner, Brother, Warner Brothers needs to hire me. <laughs> because I, I can cut a fucking trailer, man. Like, you gave me that, if they gave me that trailer, I'd be like, nope, 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 here we go. This is this is it. Boom, boom. Hey, man, cross your fingers, because if Kelly Thompson can get a tweet from Brian Michael Bendis pulling her out of the bullpen. We... <laughs> Not the same. Not the same. <laughs> I'd be sad. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, cross your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Well, that that's it. That's all I got, man. You got anything else? You got any shouts? Um, yeah, man. We do shout out every week, and uh, usually it's something off topic, and that's an area to pull something else in. Uh, so I'd briefly mention. Uh, shout out to Sony for screwing me over because I hardly play my PlayStation now, but now I need this stupid Spider-Man Sony PlayStation Pro uh, that they just announced yesterday that's coming out on September 7th. Uh, so now I need to update my PlayStation 4 just because it has a Spider-Man logo on it and I'm going to screw it. You don't, need, you don't need that one, man. I, yeah, I hear you. So, uh, so send us a tweet if you want to talk me off the ledge. Uh, I'm already rationalizing like, oh, it'll work with my high def TV. No, you don't need TV. it. Listen, it's not even the Spider-Man logo. Like, like when I get this game, I'm immediately skinning this motherfucker. Yo, you know, I know I don't need it. I already know I don't need it. I already, the world knows I don't need it. I need it. Like ball, like, like shout out to Insomniac for having the balls to like not use the actual Spider-Man costume. But I'm not a fan of your costume. So, like, I am immediately skinning that motherfucker. I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Just, I'm sure they're going to have options. You can change or whatever in the game. You know what I mean? Like, most of Spider-Man. Yes, I, I know this. I know this. This is why I ordered the, like, Ultimate Edition or whatever the fuck so I can get, like, the actual skins that I want. Just an um, edition. I don't, I don't really care. I, I'm a negative Nancy. Hey, congratulations, Kelly Thompson. Uh, this episode was definitely about you. You're the winner yeah. this week. Yeah. You make everything better. <laughs> I don't know about every. She made Jessica Jones better. We'll see about everything. <laughs> All right. Well, yo, that's it from We Love Wednesday Land. Uh, check in next week on Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, and we'll be back. See you guys next Saturday. <laughs> but never Tuesday. Never Tuesday. Fuck Tuesdays. Fuck Tuesdays. And Batman. <laughs> Fuck that, man. <laughs> Peace.